Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. you ever wondered how in the world is God going to use me for anything of significance? I think that's a fair question to ask. Um, something people might be a little bit skeptical of, like how is God going to take my limited skill set, um, the, the, the character flaws of my personality, how is he going to take my talents um, and my bandwidth and use those things in a way that makes significant impact on maybe the church, the the city, right? And, and going beyond that to the world. How, how is God going to take little old me to do something so epic as uh, renewing the cosmos, right? Or at least to serve to that end. I think that's a fair question. And and if, if we are... Um, if we have any sense of humility to understand how big the world is and what it actually means to change the world and how daunting of a task that is, I think it's fair to ask that question. How is God going to take me and do that? Well, this podcast, I hope we, we might be able to answer um, some of those questions and give you a boost of confidence, not necessarily in yourself, uh, but in the power of God. And what's gotten me thinking about this was back when we were preaching, um, well, we're still preaching through the book of Ephesians, but back when we began Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul is talking about, he's got this theme that that is, um, it's, it's a reoccurring theme throughout the book of Ephesians, and actually it's throughout the New Testament, it talks about um, how the church is the body of Christ. He, he talks about this at the beginning, or towards the end of chapter one, and then he um, talks about it again in chapter two, where he talks about, um, he says, there was the Jews and the Gentiles, two different sets of humanity, and now in the gospel, the dividing wall of hostility has been brought down, and, and of the two men, of the two humanities, there's now one man. He says, this is the body of Christ, this, this new man, this new humanity. And then he goes on a step further, um, talking about um, unity in the body, in the body of Christ. And he talks about this. He goes, he says, there's one body and one spirit. This is Ephesians 4.4. 4, uh, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And so this whole time, Paul's emphasizing the sense of oneness, of unity, right? The body, different parts, different pieces, which is what he's going to get into here in a second, are brought together through the gospel. Uh, it's, it's the sole unifier, the chief unifier of the church is the gospel uh, brings us together. 
Um, and so there's this unity, but then Paul goes into um, thinking of, of things in sort of this corporate sense of unity in the body um, to talking about things in sort of an individual sense. And verse 7 of chapter 4 says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, we, we can we can make sense a little bit about uh, a little bit more sense about what Paul is saying. If we jump back to 1 Corinthians, where this is another passage where the Apostle Paul, the, the topic of spiritual gifts and, and unity and diversity in the body um, are, are being surf- resurfaced here in his teaching. And he talks about this. He says, listen, there's a variety of gifts among the body. Um, God has, well, according to the measure of Christ, he says that all of the members have have some kind of gifting, that if you're in Christ, you've received a spiritual blessing. And that's why at the beginning of, of Ephesians, Paul talks about speaking to the church that you have received every spiritual b- blessing. He's saying that in the local church, you can find every spiritual blessing represented, which I think is crazy. It's not just that I have every spiritual blessing, though in a sense, I do have access to all of the blessings in a spiritual sense of what, what God offers his people. But he's saying that among the church, every spiritual blessing is represented. And he goes into this saying that that you might be, that while as a Christian, you're a member of the body, you're just a piece of the body. So he says, talks about using a, a, a hand or an eye or an ear or a, a leg Right, being a member of body in that sense, where you you have a gifting, you have a function, you have a role. Um, there, there's a part for you to play. Yet, um, it, it's not a comprehensive thing. Um, but when you piece it next to the other parts of the body, when when your gifting as a leg complements somebody else's gifting as a hand or an eye, things really start together. And here, as a corporate body, as as the body of Christ, um, we see every spiritual blessing represented. And so what what was what I think this presses up against is it kind of goes into that th- those questions that I I launched out at the beginning of man if if God has given every member of the body a gift either one uh I wasn't present the day that that Jesus was handing out gifts and I missed that and and I'm not exactly sure what mine is or two my gift is so insignificant or so small compared to some of the other sort of grandiose gifts like miracle working. I mean, come on, like who wouldn't want the spiritual gift of being able to work miracles? That seems super cool. Yeah, when you stack administration next to that, you know, oh yeah, I can I I'm a pencil pusher. I can I can do the numbers, but this guy can make a leg grow back or something. You know, that ugh, talk about drawing the short end of the stick, but but that's not at all what uh, what Paul has in mind when he's talking about these different gifts. Um, and in fact, he even talks about the gifts that we think that are, are less honorable turn out to be some of the most like necessary and vital giftings that the church has. Like you want to try to run a church without somebody that knows how to do administration. You want to try to run a church uh, with somebody who doesn't know how to be hospitable and sort of lead the charge in that, right? Those are crucial gifts that that might take the backseat to more of the public ministry sort of spot-like giftings. And, and Paul says, listen, we can't do that. That's not how it works. If you got these gifts, they're, they're given. In fact, they go jumping back to Ephesians chapter 4, the reason that we have these gifts are for the building up of the church, that the church needs your gifts, everyone's gifts, uh, 
to be deployed, to be active in order for the church to grow up. And so there's this sense that uh, in, in this understanding of the church as the body of Christ, that, that pushes us into the understanding of I play a vital role. Now, we, we were preaching through that at the same time. I came across this sermon uh, by Francis Schaeffer that is titled, No Little People, No Little Places. And what I'm going to do, just I want to take this, a couple of excerpts from the sermon and tie it into what we were talking about here um, and, and just really leave them in your lap because I think that these, what he has to say is super encouraging um, and also very convicting um, if you really come to understand what he's talking about. Um, so I, I had been holding this idea from Ephesians chapter 4 of members of the body, unity in the body, and then he comes to this this thing of, of th- this sermon. I'm going to split it up. Uh, this week I'll talk about no little pe- people. Next week I want to talk about no little places. Um, and he he puts his finger on this in sort of this this question mark of how can how can God use me? How can God use little old me to do this huge, seemingly impossible task of of renewing the cosmos? And he starts out the sermon by by saying, "It's a wonderful thing to be Christian, right? It, we can agree. It's it's a wonderful thing to be a Christian. It's it's amazing to recount the the grace that God has bestowed upon us in Christ." But he says, "But I'm such a small person, so limited in my talents, or energy, or." psychological strength or knowledge that what I do is not really important. See, I, I think that's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe that, that if you're in that spot and you kind of operate from that is like, I'm just kind of insignificant that, uh, you know, what difference can I make? What, how am I going to, how am I going to contribute to the church? How am I going to contribute to the mission of God moving forward? And that's, that's a lie from the devil. And he says this, he says, the Bible, however, has a quite a different emphasis. It says, with God, there are no little people. With God, there are no little people. In other words, with God, there are no insignificant members of the body. Each one plays a special role. And and what's really interesting, to, to make this point, Francis Schaeffer takes, uh, takes us to the story of the Exodus. In, in Exodus, um, chapter four is really where he starts out. He talks about um, how Moses, when God calls Moses, you know, Moses, think about this. Moses is coming off. He just murdered an Egyptian soldier. He's he's fled from Egypt. He he understands that he is not an Egyptian. He's kind of lived a lie as, as Egyptian royalty. And now the truth has been exposed where he's actually an Israelite. He's sort of a, a fraud. He kills this Egyptian sh- soldier. Um, he runs away, uh, because he's afraid for his life, ends up in this little town, um, meets a, a girl, which is a cool story. A guy meets a girl. Um, and, and the whole time he's got, you know, he's got a lot of self-doubt. He's got a lot of, I mean, he's, he's got a, a stutter is one of the things that, um, comes up later on in the story, but God calls him to himself and says, Hey, I want to use you to do the most epic thing that I've done since the creation of the cosmos. Um, I want to use you to take my people who are trapped in sin or trapped in slavery uh, to Pharaoh, um, which I guess in that sense is a metaphor for sin. Um, I want you to take my people and liberate them, to free them from the oppressive powers that be. And Moses is standing there um, well, at the burning bush, and he's like, well, how, how are they going to know it's me? You know, how, how are they going to know that, that when I talk that you're talking through me? And and he asked um, for God to kind of show something. 
Um, and, and God says to him while Moses is standing there, he says, what's that in your hand? And Moses says, it's a staff. That's it's Ephesians, or not Ephesians, Exodus chapter four, uh, verse two. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Moses said, it's a staff. And he said, throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he, he put out his hand, he caught it and it became the staff in his hand. Um, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So he, he's giving Moses this powerful st- um, sign of his staff. Now, it's interesting, some somewhere be, between verse 2 of chapter 4 and verse 20, this stick in Moses' hand goes from being just a walking stick that Moses had procured at some point in his life um, to becoming the rod of God, the staff of God, which actually plays a, a huge role in the Exodus story. And so Francis Schaeffer, he walks uh, us through this sort of story of the role of this, this seemingly inanimate object of a stick and how it plays this incredible role. And he, he brings us to this, this conclusion. He says, consider, consider the mighty ways in which God used a dead stick of wood. God so used a stick of wood can be a banner cry for each of us. Though we are all limited and weak in talent, physical energy, and psychological strength, we are not less than a stick of wood. Praise God for that. But as the rod of Moses had to become the rod of God, so that which is me must become the me of God, then I can become useful in God's hands. The scripture emphasizes that much can come from little if the little is truly consecrated to God. There are no little people and no big people in the true spiritual sense, but only consecrated and unconsecrated people. And I just think that's such a powerful thing that he says here, that if you are to consecrate yourself, to take whatever giftings, whatever talents, whatever knowledge that you have, whatever of your life that is your life, and bring it before God and place it in his hands, your life is transformed from being something that seems insignificant, seemingly, seemingly insignificant, something that just, you know, what, what, what could really amount to anything of this? And when it's in God's hands, he can use it to, to do powerful things, right? And and, it, and if there's one place, uh, you know, he points us to this is the fact that he uses a stick, right? The rod of, of Moses becomes the rod of God. So in the same way that, that we ought to become, just as Francis, Francis Schaeffer said, the, we, the me, or what does he say? The me, which is me, must become the me of God. And when you entrust yourself, when you consecrate to yourself, yourself to God like that, there, there's literally limitless things that God can do, right? Um, so when we're going back to being members of the body, and, and it's not just me who's that way. So this is crazy. So it's not just me who gets a, a boost of, of confidence in God in my life, but my brothers and sisters who are next to me who are feeling like, you know, they might be insignificant too. The same boost that comes as we're consecrated to God, they receive that too. And so I can see and value the things that, that God is doing in and through them in the same way that I can value and appreciate what God is doing in and through me. 
And I think this really changes the way that we understand ourselves and actually gives us a a lot of confidence moving forward in our mission of of making disciples, planting churches, and renewing the city. Because all of those things, to make a disciple, to plant churches, to renew the city, those are not small tasks. Those are not menial menial tasks. Those are things that that really um, are swimming against the the cultural stream. Uh, It's it's swimming against the the current of, of just the decay of the cosmos because of sin. And so it's really an incredible thing that we get to be a part of. And so I just want you to think about that, the reality of in the hand of God, um, my gifts, my talents, my knowledge, my bandwidth, whatever I got to bring to the table, that that's an offering to the Lord. And when we bring that, he magnifies those things. He's able to use those. It's almost like a fish and loaves scenario where we've got, you know, Five loaves, few fish, whatever it is, put them in the hands of Jesus, and all of a sudden, boom, look at all that. Look at what Jesus can do. Take my meager little whatever it was and feed the masses with it. And so I just wanted to, to offer that. I've been super encouraged by that, and I think one of the places where we get to see this in real time is in the context of our missional communities. I've seen how people are using their giftings, um, not just in like public ways that that are are you know, notable and, and, um, obvious from, you know, like I would say from the stage, but people who are using their giftings in, in like the ordinary ways, right. Of practicing hospitality, uh, of, of, of using leadership giftings within missional community and putting missional things together, right. As we set out to bless and serve some of the nonprofits and, and people groups in our city, um, who need help that are doing good work in in blessing and renewing the city that we get to step into that. So there's a lot of places where we see the giftings, um, you know, as 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 God has gifted or, or as people, the members of the body have been gifted according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Uh, we can see that and appreciate it and say, listen, there are no small people here. There's no small members. There's no insignificant members of the body. And um, and I just think that's sweet. I think that is so. Uh, life-giving to think that whatever I've got when it's when it's in the hands of God can be used uh, mightily. So let that encourage you. Uh, and not, uh, you know, the the goal of this or, you know, my intention in sharing this with you is not to make you proud in, in and of yourself, but to really boast in the power of Christ in and through you. Um, because that, again, that that that's a supernatural miracle that's happening in real time where where God is using me, uh, God is using us to accomplish his mission. And um, and that's something that I can get behind. So hopefully that's encouraging to you. Uh, I'll be back with the next part of this because it, the, the next part is just as interesting when he says there are no small places. So I'll talk to you guys next week. You have a good rest of your week. I'll see you on Sunday as we worship Jesus together. <laughs>